back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. With me is Connor. We have our Duke Carolina preview today. Unbelievable show. We do it with Ross Martin from Inside Carolina. Connor, last year, last year we did it with Zion Olegede at Duke NBA yep. account. Phenomenal follow on Twitter, by the way. He'll be back yep. on the show later on. But I had to switch it up and bring a Carolina guy on this year because Zion coming on might have been bad luck for Duke. Some are asking. It might have been a little bit of a jinx last year, considering what happened. I mean, we, we all know the results. But, yeah, it was nice to have a Carolina guy on today, and looking forward to a great interview. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the interview, and we'll see you all next time. All right, we now welcome on Ross Martin from Inside Carolina. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ross Martin underscore IC. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Happy to be on. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time today. Uh, first question I got for you, Ross. How did you get your start at Inside Carolina? Was it always like, oh, like, have you been a diehard Carolina fan, or was it more of like you've acquired that since you started working there? Well, I mean, I started working for 24-7 Sports uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, actually, in Brentwood okay. uh, suburb. And so I started there. I actually answered a Craigslist ad. I was a um, – I used to be a teacher, and I was – I hated te- – I didn't like teaching. I didn't do it for that long, and then I was trying to get into sports – and they 24 7 sports has blown up but when i started they were kind of like a startup and they were smaller and they were just hiring a lot of people and they had a lot of money i think to hire people and they hired me as a paid intern i did some intern stuff with them i ended up kind of writing for unc they they didn't have all the sites they have now so they were just building out sites and so i started writing unc stuff covering a lot of recruiting which is kind of how these sites like that's the lifeblood of these sites like Rivals, uh, Scout back then, 24-7 Sports. Um, you know, recruiting, it's kind of how you get the diehards to subscribe and stuff. So I was doing some recruiting stuff, covering a little bit. Like, it's my, I was young, too. It was, you know, mid-20s. I was, didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and But they needed UNC riders or UNC riders. So, I, you know, I had a passion for UNC. I went there, and so I started writing for them. And then... You know, put me on salary, I was full-time, and then they moved me to Chapel Hill to cover the team. So I was still working for 24-7 Sports and running the website by myself, which is called Carolina Blue. And then there was a merger. Um, you know, tw- CBS Sports bought 24-7 Sports. There was this huge mm-hmm. merger. Then another merger, they acquired Scout. That brought me over to Inside Carolina. So I, I just kind of joined Inside Carolina um, and started running, like, their their viral content, um, beat coverage, um did a bunch of different stuff, running their Facebook page, newsletter, and I just was brought on to the Inside Carolina staff. Inside Carolina's been going on for a long, long time, and so I was brought in. So I've been with them now for, that was 2017, so for about five years now, five, six years, um, I guess almost six years now, I've been with Inside Carolina. So that's kind of how I got into it. It was answering a Craigslist ad, working hard, and then and then getting on to like one of the, the best sites in the country. Uh, yeah. With Inside Carolina, with a great support staff, and it's been awesome working for them because they it's truly, you know, very professional, and you know, they send you everywhere to cover UNC, and it's it's, it's been a great way to to be involved with sports media. Shout out twenty four seven Sports, our guy Adam Stenko over there. Yeah, I know Adam. Yeah, he's a CEO. Yeah, he, he comes yeah, on. Right? He comes. He comes on here a lot and does the show with us. Yeah, he's been on like three uh, or four yeah, times. Yeah. I met him once. Yeah, he's the new CEO. They've been there about a couple of years now, I think. Yeah, he's a good, yeah good good friend of the program. I was going to ask you, so you are like a Carolina fan at heart, whatever. How much money would it take you to move to the NC State or the Duke beat? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, I've always said, like, I don't think I would cover any other team because 
it's just like UNC's, you know, it's, it's one of the premier basketball teams to cover. And then, like, football is, you know, fun. it'd be cool to cover, like, an awesome football team, you know, like Bama or, or Michigan or Ohio State or, you know, a team like that. But, um, I mean, I, I'll do I mean, everybody has a price, right? I'd, yeah, do it. Yep. I'd do it for a little bit of pay raise for sure. I think it'd be cool to cover a different team. But, I, I mean, it'd be tough to cover. Like, you have to have a passion for what you do. Especially when you're working for a team site. You know, on the message boards, on these like really hardcore podcasts, like you have to have a passion for the team, I think, or, or unless you're just super professional and just, you know, most people that work for Inside Carolina, you know, have some vested interest in, in UNC. And so mm-hmm. I think having a passion for it when you work for a team site like this um, is important. And like, look, we're very unbiased. Like we'll rip the team, you know, ask the tough questions. I think Inside Con does a great job with that. But I think, um, you know, to, to bring that passion, it helps to have some sort of vested interest in, in the program, in, in the school, in the university. Have you, uh, speaking of the message boards, actually, when I was a kid, I used to, like, log on to my dad's account, like, behind his back mm-hmm. and, like, go and, like, you know, talk trash on there, whatever. Have you had any, like, good interactions with some of these fans on the message boards? Because it can get pretty, it can get pretty heated on there. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't do too much on the message boards in terms of just going back and forth with people. And, you know, I post the news, post injury news. Right. Post stuff I think needs to be posted, you know, things I think will do well in there and, and get us more traffic and stuff. But I don't really I don't get too deep. I do read them all. I mean, I do read yeah. a lot of them. It, it's, it's tough to keep up with it. I mean, that's one of the things Inside Carolina has, you know, one of the best message boards in the country. Super active. I mean, compare that. If you go to Inside Carolina uh, message boards, Tar Pit, Football One or UNC Basketball, Basketball One, compare it to another one. I mean, some other ones like it's crazy. The night and day difference. But um. I don't get too into the weeds with going back and forth. There's some funny stuff. There's some crazy yeah. stuff. I mean, it truly is like the fanatics of the teams. And it, it's fun. I think it's one of the, I always tell people, it's like one of the last truly like open and free kind of American things where you can just say whatever to a certain extent behind a screen name and not have consequences. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I guess Twitter is like that a little bit, but, you know, Twitter sometimes your names, your names on there. But, People can say whatever on message boards. It's kind of the last, the last kind of free way to, to speak your mind. Yeah. All right, let's transition here. Let's talk about what matters right now. Saturday, Duke-Carolina, the rematch is back. I think Duke is going to be roughly around a three-and-a-half-point favorite in Cameron. What are your expectations going into the game? Yeah, it's odd, man. It's, it's It doesn't have uh, as much hype, I think, as obviously as last year's. I mean, there's nothing going to be more hype than um, last year in Cameron with Coach K's last game. And then, you know, the final four matchup, too. So it doesn't have the, the hype at all yet because um, both teams are kind of having, you know, subpar seasons, you know, right outside the top 25. You know, UNC's coming off a loss. Um you know, Duke lost. Who did Duke lose to before they played Wake? They've been calling off a couple losses, too. So, I mean, it's just kind of a, a weird season for, for both teams. Um, new coaches. This is the first time Coach Shire will be in the rivalry, which is which is a cool element there, too. Um, and, you know, one thing I've been you know, kind of talking about is I don't think anybody on Duke is really – it doesn't. nobody on Duke really scares me. I think I think usually in the past there's been, like, players that Duke has, like, those elite five-star recruits that are pretty scary, like Zion. I mean, it's like, dude, that guy's going to crush you and see. Yeah. Or R.J. Barrett or some of these guards they've had, um, Brandon Ingram. You know, they've had these elite, elite players. And I don't know if anybody on this roster is super scary. Flabowski is really good, but no one's really scary. So, I mean, yeah, I, I do think Duke will be a favorite because of the home court advantage. But I do think it'll be a, an awesome matchup because I think it's going to be pretty even. 
Um, I think UNC could go in there with the experience too and and play really well. Um, I think they'll come off this this pit loss, and I think that's another dynamic to kind of consider as well. So kind of all over the place, but uh, it's definitely a different version of the game. I feel. Card, you got to be ready for Caleb Love's 25-30 point game too against Duke every year. He just has that chip on his shoulder for some reason. I might just bet <laughs> Carolina just to jinx y'all. I might just bet Carolina money line just to jinx Carolina. Emotional hedge. Because yeah. you guys yeah, already won Caleb the game. Does, <laughs> Caleb is kind of the Duke killer as of late, right? He had a big yeah. game as a fresh freshman year, too, I think. He's had yeah. some big games against Carolina. Um, and, he, and he's playing a little better now. You know, hit three threes against Syracuse. I think he hit three last night. He's playing a little bit better last night against Pitt. A little more aggressive. Still has. He just is such a volume shooter. Um, yeah. But he, his offense is cooking a little bit more, which is good to see. Does it feel like to you that Carolina, because this happened last year too, they just lose to Pitt at home on a random Wednesday night every year? Because it feels like it feels yeah. like every year to me. I, I don't understand what it is. Do you, you see all the capo? Do you see all the capo comments afterwards? Yeah, man. I'm, yeah, I was in what it. You, We're in it. Uh, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, so yeah, you're right. And Pitt's won, I think, five of the last six versus Carolina, and definitely back-to-back games at, yep. in the Smith Center and back-to-back games this season. So Pitt certainly has UNC's number as of late. Uh, yeah, that, that cable stuff blew up. Like, you know, we didn't really know about it until we're kind of sitting there scrolling yeah. on social media. And, and one reporter who covers Pitt, he's kind of local, he was um, tweeting out the video and and what Cable said. You know, Cable was offended by a social media post that showed the number 25 number that I think was a coincidence. Um, Creighton Lebo, a walk-on, oh, yeah. a, gra- a graphic. And I, I don't think the social media guy even knew that Cable was – um, number 25 at Carolina. So took offense to that. It might have been a certain situation where you just kind of take a – you find something to inspire you, um, and, and that kind of fired him up. And then, you know, apparently he's had a weird relationship with Carolina with fans chirping at him in 2009 when Oklahoma was was uh, playing UNC. And, you know, Cable was the captain on the 8-20 and 20 team back in yeah. 2000, 2001. Um, he didn't have that great of a Carolina career. He was a good player, but his teams weren't that good. Um, of course, Jeff Capel is a you know, former Duke player, Duke coach. So there's a lot of dynamics, but um, it was kind of funny, man. It's, it, it's it's good drama. I mean, it was interesting. It was kind of funny to to hear it all go down last night. The whole graphic thing, it just seems like the social media team like rotates the players. And, you know, we're on game, what, yeah. 20, 20 something now? So they've already gone through, you know, a lot of the starters and role players. It just seems like it was a coincidence. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think there's any Yeah. UNC's SID came in and said, like, yeah, the social media guy had no idea that Capel was 25. It, it was a big coincidence, so yeah. uh, who knows? But um, again, social, I know the guy who runs UNC's the graphics and social media. I mean, he's like, he's like 23, 24 years old, so he was yeah. you know, two or three years old when when Capel was playing. and you know, So it was a big coincidence, but it's funny. Yeah. Capel was – it seemed like Jason Capel was pretty pissed, and he was mad last year too. I mean, he yeah. was talking, talking a lot of shit last year as well. Yeah. Going back to the Duke Carolina game, what's going to be the key in this game? I think for for myself, I think it's going to be foul trouble. I think whichever big gets into foul trouble first is going to dictate this game. Whether it's Baycott, whether it's Filipowski, we know the ACC refs are going to have a chokehold on this game and dictate what happens. It feels like. <sighs> yeah, what a, it sounds like a big time uh, radio sports talk radio guy with that take. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I mean anytime Baycott gets in foul trouble, it's a huge deal. I mean, that should be every team's goal is to get Baycott in foul trouble. Uh, and vice versa. I mean, Baycott can, can put some people in foul trouble, too. That's certainly always a factor. I mean, when Baycott picks up two in the first half, you, know, you kind of have to take him out. And then it's a little dangerous when he picks up his third 
And, you know, Baycott and R.J. Davis are, are the keys for Carolina. You saw last night they didn't have their their best game. I thought R.J. probably had his worst shooting game of the season. I think it was three for something. I got the stat yeah, like, right in front of me here. Like um, 15 or 16, wasn't it? It was something ridiculous. Yeah, he was uh, three for 15, 0 for 6 from three. Like, he hasn't had a game like that all year. And yep. so when you're missing a good play, good game from R.J. Davis, and then Baycott was, you know, he, he stats were okay, but he didn't play as well. I thought he struggled with the double teams. UNC struggled, even through some good play by Caleb Love. They just didn't have much offense last night, um, and Pitt really gave him trouble. So I think R.J. has to get back on track. I think Baycott kind of stirs the drink for UNC. They have to go to him early and often. Um, you know, he, he, when he gets a double-double, is nearing 20 points in um, three-point scoring, then UNC plays really well. And so I think those two guys are the keys for UNC. Uh, like I said, I, there's not really a player that scares me from from Duke. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't watched them too much this year. So, I mean, I don't know what y'all think. I mean, who are the stars for Duke that you think can have breakout games or are the keys for, for, for Duke this season? Uh, well, they're not going to have White, Whitehead, Yeah, right? Whitehead's not going to play. Uh, it's got to be Jeremy Roach. I don't know who else it would be. Like, I guess Filipowski yeah. can get his 20, 20 and 10, but kind of like Baycott. But how impactful is that? Like, I'm not sure. So I, I, I understand what you're saying because, like, last year when you go against a guy like Paulo Bencaro, you're like, holy crap, just yeah. anybody yeah. but him touched the ball. Well, yeah, I don't think Duke has anybody this year that can, you can just give the ball to for an instant offense like you could last year. Like, Filipowski's great, but, you know, I don't know if you can give it to him on the block and be guaranteed two points, you know? Yeah, who was the the wing last year for Duke too? He was really good as well. Uh, Wendell Moore, AJ Griffin. No, the other AJ Griffin. Griffin. Yeah, Griffin. I mean, forget these guys, but those guys. I forgot Wendell Moore. He left her. I, I didn't know he he had drafted. He's, yeah, he's on the Timberwolves. Team apparently, I has okay. he played at all? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah not sure. I know, I know. He's been he's been in the G League a lot. He's played he's played a few NBA minutes, but nothing crazy. I know there was some debate on whether he was gonna come back or not. Um, yeah, and, and the other freshman for Duke. Um, Lively, yeah, lively. Like, is he, has he done much either? I'm kind of like not prepared. He's improving a lot recently. Defensively, he's been a monster in these last couple games. He's been okay. just in and out of the lineup with injury problems. But I think he'll make a big impact on the game. Is the issue is when Carolina goes to their lineup with Baycott and Nance, you can't have two bigs on the floor like that. Then you're stretching him out too far. Like Philip House, he can guard Pete Nance if he has to, but then it, it becomes troublesome when they can just drive and kick. Yeah, but I think Nance will have trouble guarding those guys too. You know, this athletic yeah. kind of—it's uh, kind of like the debate of last year when everyone was like, "You can't put Brady Manic on Bancaro. You just can't. You had to put Leaky Black on him." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was interesting how they handled that. Cause I think in the first game they put Baycott on him, mm-hmm. and I think Baycott picked up two or three fouls real quickly in the first half. Um, yeah, I think on paper, you know, UNC's guards—you know—stand out more than I think Duke's guards too, but. You know, Caleb Love's been in a slump, and, and R.J. Davis struggle shooting here too. So there's a lot of factors in play. I think, you know, the fact that I don't really, I'm not really too sure on on Duke's roster just shows I'm not, I haven't been locked in as much on Duke because every year it's just new players. I'm yeah. surprised the young kid, um, the transfer, I mean, he's been pretty steady for Duke. Um, interesting dynamic there with with him and Pete Nance, both Northwestern transfers. Um, and I, I imagine he'll guard. Will he? Will he guard? Will Ryan Young guard? Baycott? Unfortunately, probably. I, I think Ryan Young <laughs> is going to be the detriment to Duke's game on Saturday. Okay. Interesting. He, he's, he's an easy person to laugh at. I'll just put it there. <laughs> he's, he's been solid, though. I think he's been Like, his solid, stats look um, good. Overall. Like it, 
I don't know if you've watched the Charlotte Hornets, but it's kind of the equivalent to watching the Charlotte Hornets right now where Mason Plumley he puts up great stats when you look at the box score. You're like, wow, this guy's awesome. But defensively and the flow of the game, it's really frustrating and it limits you so much having him on the floor. Kind of the same with Ryan yeah. Young. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ross, I did want to ask, how much this year has this team missed Brady Manick? Because in the offseason – I think a lot of people were like, oh, Pete Nance will just slot him right into that stretch four role. He's going to be just as good of a shooter, just as much of a threat. I was guilty of believing that a little bit too. I think he's yeah. a little bit of a step down with that game-breaking shooting that Brady Manning bought. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of a step down. I mean, yeah, they're, they're definitely <laughs> missing a Brady Manning. I mean, he was he was such a good shooter. And to have that guy in the corner who could knock down a three, I mean, he was, you know, he'd make three or four threes a game. And UNC just doesn't have that. I mean, Leakey gets yeah. those corner threes a lot. He's he's very nervous when he takes them. He, he hasn't made many recently. I know at the beginning of the season he was shooting a little bit better. Leakey's not a three-point threat. Nance is, is just not even close to the three-point threat that Brady was. He's right. he's not. He's kind of a little awkward shooter. You know, Brady would have such a quick release, such a high release. Um, you know, he was kind of a dog, too, on defense. He wasn't the best defender, but he was a dog on defense. He, you yeah. know, he would get his nose in there. He could score on the basket. He was creative. They're missing him. That's why this team is not as good. Um, beyond, Caleb Love struggling a little bit. You know, I think Armando has been just as good as last year, but they're missing Brady Manic. Um, they're missing that fire, that three-point shooter. They, I mean, you have to have, in this offense, you have to have a three-point shooter, and they just don't have that this year. Um, <clears throat> and so that that's why this team is struggling um, compared to last year. Now, if you look at this is kind of where UNC was last year, too. Yeah, they were you know rolling with you know six, seven, eight losses at this point. They lost the pit. I'm not sure if the timing exactly works out, but this is about when they started going the run. I mean, they lost only two games for the rest of the season. They lost the um, pit and they lost to uh, uh, Virginia Tech in the ACC championship yeah. game. But they rolled off, I think, all the wins until losing to Kansas national championship game. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, Nance, they thought they could maybe be a little bit more of a offensive threat I, I think he's lacking that department they're missing brady pete's kind of just a guy he, he, he's going to give you maybe 10 to 12 points sometimes he'll disappear and only you know only give you a basket or two and so he really hasn't been that much contributor now i think he's, he's decent you know on defense he's defense he's just a decent player you know he's not going to yeah. hurt you but he just doesn't provide you a plus you know on any in the early area it also sucks puff johnson haven't been able to stay healthy this year i thought he was going to have a big year but you know, I see him in khakis and a polo shirt two out of every three games. So yeah, yeah, they're missing some sort of impact off the bench as well. Like yep. yesterday, yeah, last night, like no one really gave them a boost off the bench. Uh, Demarco Dunn didn't really do much. Uh, Jalen Washington didn't play much at all. Tyler Nichol, Dontre Styles, Seth Trimble didn't do much at all. I mean, they don't—they're missing any sort of contributions consistently off the bench. They've had moments. I mean, Demarco Dunn, I thought been okay in certain games, and, yep. but I think you're right, Puff. You know, Puff should be that guy, and he just he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and um, he hasn't really been consistent either as a performer. Yeah. U, uh, UNC's next eight games at Duke, at Wake, home Clemson, home Miami, at State, at Notre Dame, home Virginia. What are your expectations going into those eight games, which is a brutal stretch in the ACC? Four and four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so how many games they have left? They have, I think, 10, 11 Yeah, no, I mean, that's a tough stretch, right? I'm the only one that seems like a win would be Notre Dame. Like, a sure, sure win would be Notre Dame. So you're going to have a, a tough, tough stretch there. you got road trips, Duke, Wake, 
Uh, I think State's going to be really tough. They're playing really well right now. Uh, Baby T had 32 points last night. Yeah. They're rolling. Um, the big guy there, too, who's DJ Burns, playing well. I love, State. I love it. I love it. You know, him. and then the, the two, uh, you know, two home games coming up, Clemson and Miami, those are two of the better teams in the ACC, both ranked. Clemson's 20, Miami's 23. So those are tough. I haven't seen Miami play much this year. Um, Clemson lost to Boston College. And you got Virginia at home, too. But, you know, what, what comes with that is opportunity. I mean, they have an opportunity for some big wins, starting with Duke. Uh, the opportunity to, to move up in all the different rankings and, and net stuff that helps their NCAA chances and seeding chances. So it's a tough stretch here uh, for UNC for sure. Because look, who they beat in the ACC, it's been, you know, it's been a, a down Notre Dame team, a down Louisville team, Boston College, you know, Syracuse, and teams that aren't as strong. The losses have come against the good teams, Pitt, Virginia, um, Virginia Tech, I guess, lost to in December too. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough stretch, but this is it. You lock in now, it's, it's – uh, yeah. It's February, March is the time. These are the exciting games. How do you see? So they're what seven and four in the conference right now. If the rest of the season goes, you know, and eh, like five hundred or so, if they get into the tournament in March Madness, do you see them making another run like last year if they get hot? Because I really feel like it's just a coin flip. Like it's really a coin flip. Like if the guards get hot, then they can make a, they make a, make a run. But they shouldn't be like one of the favorites. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to kind of say they're going to make a run like last year. I think last year was a, a once-in-a-generational run. And, and, you know, they were preseason number one. But I think yeah. as we've seen, they, they just aren't as, as talented or aren't as good as we thought they were going to be. I think a lot of to do with Pete Nance. And just the chemistry seems a little bit off. Um, but they have the players, man. I mean, last night we were asking them some questions. And we're like, when will you – know, why haven't Love, Davis, and Baycott kind of all been on at the same time? They yeah. really haven't all had big games together in the same game and so but if that happens like if if love's shooting well rj scoring and, and baycott scoring you know it's one of the better trios in, in college basketball so i think it's matchups i think it's getting all three guys on the same page and i think i think leaky and nance you know you need to do a little more and, and be more aggressive offensive players and contribute more i think you just i think leaky's kind of uh fell through the cracks here um and, and yeah. we talked about nance already but uh they need they haven't all performed at a high level in every game. That's what this team's missing. Uh, last question for me. How irrelevant is seeding going into this year's NCAA tournament? It seems like every college basketball team is kind of neck and neck with each other. No one's that much better besides maybe Purdue. Do you think seeding is that important this year? Like, obviously, it sucks being an eight seed and then you got to go play a one seed, but if Carolina can get up to a seven or a six seed, like going to play a six three game is nothing it's going to be a pick em, or even the six seed could be favored against a three seed in this year's tournament yeah i mean i think you're right no real team i mean what are the best teams like you said like Houston, I mean, purdue. purdue yeah purdue yeah tennessee I'm, I'm stinks yeah i mean like texas is number 10 they don't they don't seem too intimidating i don't, I don't watch too much outside of the acc but there aren't really there's not really a, a couple teams that are head and head above the other ones so i think you're right and i think it's it's more wide open than ever it's kind of what you get um, now with the way college basketball is played. I mean, you have, you have teams like Clemson and Miami that are top 25. I, they don't really seem as scary as, you know, as the top teams in the ACC. So, you have teams, Florida Atlantic's 19, St. Mary's 18. Yeah, so I, I do think it's wide open. There's not like one team or, or a, a trio of teams that are really head and shoulders above everyone else. So, it should be a wide open tournament, which are usually the best tournaments that allow for a lot of um, upsets. A lot of first round, second round upsets with the lower seeds. So it should be fun. 
Uh, last thing for me, I would argue this this year in college basketball has been kind of a down year, like with interest wise. Like it just hasn't really been. It hadn't felt the same to me. And I don't know if part of it's because Coach K is gone. Because as much as I hate Duke and Coach K, that gave college basketball a storyline last year. It gave something for people to follow. How much do you think the sport or even like the UNC Duke rivalry misses Coach K? Or are we going to find out World Saturday? You know, like what do you think? Do you miss him? Do you miss him personally? I do not. I do not miss him. Well, I'll say one <laughs> thing. Lie. There's not much. Don't lie. There's, there's not much star power this year, right? Right. Like, who are the top play? Even the top players, like I Brandon Miller, is probably much... the top draft pick. He's going to be number three overall out of Alabama. But it's Scoot Henderson and Victor Wembanyama are head head and heels above the other guys in college basketball. It's a down draft. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Was that second guy? Is he an international guy too? He's G in the G, G League Ignite. Gotcha. Got yeah. You guys are locked in more than I am to college basketball. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think there's a little bit of a lack of of star power a lack of, of really good teams that like we talked about. And then, um, yeah, I think when some of the Blue Bloods aren't as good, Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, when they're kind of out of the top 25, there's less interest. Um, and I do think, you know, to your point, the um, the game, you know, misses some of those big-time coaches like uh, Roy Williams, Coach K, Jay Wright, um, yeah. you know, some of those I'm guys. Not gonna miss, I'm not going to miss Jim, Jim Beheim. Right. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been a dick recently. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh my god, those uh, yeah, I mean, those are big time personalities, guys who have been kind of the heads of the of the game for thirty years. So there's a little bit of vacuum there, but there will be guys that emerge. Um, you would you would think, but you're kind of it's kind of changing of the guard. Um, don't call there changing the guard there in terms of 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 the big names in college sports, college basketball. I know you hate doing this. We'll get out of here real quick, but I need a score prediction for Saturday. <laughs> okay. Um, gosh, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of points scored or not. Um, oh, you I'll know, go. You know the refs want to want to call some hand hand touch fouls. Come on, you know you know they want that. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go a little bit lower scoring. I'll go. Um, I think I think UNC can win this one. I think coming off a pit game, pit loss, they'll be a little more inspired. I think the experience of playing this game. Will will help, you know, guys like Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Armando Bicot, Leaky Black, because Leaky Black's played what four games are now. So I think that that really helps UNC. I'll go um, I'll go Tar Heels seventy one, Duke uh, sixty seven. Oh. Connor, give me couple a score. Free, couple free throws there late for the Heels. I'm uh I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of liking the low scoring kind of thing here, Ross. I'm going Carolina sixty eight, Duke sixty one. I'm going to go Carolina 107, Duke 52. <laughs> Carolina already – no, I'm kidding. I'm going to go Duke 73, Carolina 69. Oh, there you we got, go. You got, yeah. you got to yeah. roll with the Devils, huh? That's yeah, fair. I like that one. I like that one. I like the I, under in that game. Yeah, I just hope it's a, close, you know, a good close game. I mean, a UNC blowout would be sweet. Those are always fun. But, you know, it, if it's a close game tight, like there's nothing better than watching those Duke-Carolina games that are there late. Yeah. Crazy stuff always happens, so it would be fun to watch. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Follow him on Twitter at Ross Martin underscore IC. Great stuff from Inside Carolina. If you're a Carolina fan, if you're a Duke fan, it may want you to throw up. But anyhow, <laughs> thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you, and uh, thanks for coming on, man. All right, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening to our interview with Ross Martin from Inside Carolina. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Next week, we're having our NBA podcast coming on Monday night, early Tuesday, and then we'll be back. Next week, Super Bowl props show, NFL football pod. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. My revenge game coming for Billie Jean King. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>